lot. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, my name is Brad Weber, and along with my wife, Allison, we're the executive directors at Kenosha Lake Bible Camp. Uh, that's why there's a table and banner out front uh, this morning when you walked in, if you were that observant to, to catch on that there's something a little bit different. Uh, my, uh, it's, it's our pleasure, I guess, to be able to come here this morning and to, to be able to, to spend the time and worship with you. And, uh, and then to, to be able to open God's word with you and to be able to share uh, with you a little bit of the things that, uh, that the Lord's been doing through our ministry at, uh, at camp throughout this past year. Uh, but before we, before we go any further, let's just uh, let's pause for a word of prayer. Uh, Father, we, uh, we give you thanks that we have this opportunity to be able to gather uh, together in a beautiful morning like this and a beautiful building like this and, and to be able to gather as believers uh, and to, to spend time uh, at your feet in, in worship and, and to spend time encouraging one another in, in our faith and in the, in the truth that, uh, that you are a God who loves us and a God that desires relationship with us. And um, as unfathomable and as, as hard as that is to understand, uh, we, we're gathered here as, as people who, who believe that and, and want to, to be able to spend time uh, learning from you and giving thanks to you. Uh, and so, Father, we, we just ask that this morning as we open your word, uh, that you would be encouraging our hearts, challenging us in our faith, and, and I pray, too, that as I share about camp, uh, that that, too, would be uh, an encouragement to us as we uh, remember the, and, and, and uh, I think about the things that you've been doing uh, through this ministry. Uh, so would you just go for, before us this morning and, uh, and just bless this time, we ask. Amen. Uh, so, for starters, I am going to just give you a bit of a, a brief update as to uh, what we've been doing with the camp. Uh, camp is, is transitioning much more into what was uh, uh, sort of a three, four-month uh, ministry probably when it, when it started. Uh, we've very much transitioned into much more or much closer to a 12-month uh, ministry. One of the cool things that's been going on uh, this winter is we, we run four uh, youth weekends. We call it a cold program. Uh, it is a spin-off of what we've been running through the summer months, which is our bold program, uh, leadership program for kids ages 13 to 15. And then in the winter months, we welcome uh, high school age kids that we welcome. Uh, the next one takes place, the third one uh, for this winter is taking place next weekend at camp. And uh, it's a great opportunity for youth to be able to come uh, some of the youth are from communities that don't have any youth groups. Uh, they don't have access to that, and so these weekends become that for them. Uh, an opportunity to be able to gather with other Christian youth, uh, to spend time uh, opening God's Word and challenging each other in this faith and, and learning more about their faith and, uh, and to have fun uh, and to build relationships with that. And it's been really uh, sort of encouraging. Last year was the first year that we ran it, and we were hoping for about five youth uh, because when you're trying to do something new uh, and you're trying to do it with teenagers, they're really skeptical uh, because they're like, oh, is that going to be cool? Um, and uh, they're, they're kind of unsure about it. And so we were hoping for five. Uh, we ended up with, with ten uh, that ran through it with us last year. Uh, the, the cool thing is this, this year we've been running closer to 15. Uh, and, and 
uh, have been flirting with the idea of needing to, to bring on an additional staff member uh, for those weekends, which is just incredible uh, to be able to see the way uh, the Lord is growing that. Uh, the other thing that, uh, that is, is fresh off the press is, uh, is our board, uh, just at our last board meeting, approved a new program that we are starting up next fall. And uh, it's our family camp program. So it's something that we run. So we run our family camp, our big family camp, uh, over the August long weekend at camp. And if you've never been there, uh, we'd encourage you to come out and join us. Uh, it does fill up quickly. So please, uh, if you are interested, uh, make sure you get your registration in. Uh, if you're just wanting to kind of, you're wondering what it's like, and you're like, ooh, you're kind of skeptical, uh, <laughs> and you want to just sort of t- uh, test it out, come out and join us for the, on the Sunday uh, of uh, the August long weekend, take a drive up to Kenosi, enjoy the day at the lake, and, uh, and you can kind of come in and test it out. Uh, join us for a couple of services for meals there. Uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, but one, what we're doing with this new program is uh, opening camp up now, not to the scale that we run uh, family camp. So we're not looking for, for 300 people uh, every weekend at camp throughout the winter months, uh, but much more of an intimate family camp where, uh, where family units can come uh, to camp and to, to spend the weekend at camp. Now, this is not just a, a family vacation away uh, because uh, the park, uh, this is what we love. Uh, we are in a provincial park and they, they hold us to our mandate, which is fantastic. Uh, that, uh, that our secular government says, no, you, are, you were put here for uh, religious reasons. You need to do religious stuff. And we're like, yes, we do. Uh, so we don't just want to have families come in and go, well, that was a fun weekend. We want that to be part of the weekend. Uh, but also to have this as an intentional time for families to be able to spend together, uh, spend time together in prayer and spend time together uh, checking in with one another. You know, how are they doing in their faith? One of the things that I've realized with, uh, as I've, I've kind of moved into the adult stages, I'm, I'm still a camp director, so I'm not fully an adult yet. Um... <laughs> Uh, but as you move into that, you realize that while I had a great and still have great relationships with my siblings and that those, those conversations can be hard conversations to have. We're all believers. We come from Christian homes. My family, my parents are, are good, strong believers. Uh, but, but how easy it is to avoid conversations of faith within the family unit. And the more that I've thought about this, the more that I've, 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 I've thought about what helps to keep a family unit strong, uh, we need to be having these kind of conversations. And so the, these weekends are designed to, uh, to have family units come in and to be able to open up space for those conversations and, and times of, of study and times of prayer together uh, while in the midst of having a blast out at camp, whether you're going fishing or ice fishing or sledding or, or just enjoying the space there. Um, so we're going to be rolling out more information about that uh, in the, the coming months. There isn't anything on our website yet, but that is, again, just fresh off the press for that. Uh, one other quick update that I want to give. One of the, uh, the big projects that we've been working on uh, this year is our dining hall project. So if you were at family camp last year, we made the announcement uh, that we were, that was going to be the next big capital project that we were going to be tackling. And, uh, and so this year has really been a year of discernment that as the board and as our building committee um, has been sort of reviewing drawings and, and having discussions and praying about this project, uh, we've been discerning out how this project is supposed to look and, and where we're supposed to be at. Uh, the, the exciting thing is we're still, uh, we're, we believe we've landed on sort of the final concept drawing 
at this point and we're waiting for those drawings to come back. Uh, the really exciting thing is, is the way we've seen the Lord's provision all along this way. Uh, we're anticipating that this project, when we started out, we thought it was gonna be around $300,000, $350,000. Uh, that number has grown to closer for, to $450,000, $500,000 is what we're looking at. Uh, the exciting thing is, is that we've, we have about $100,000 that's been given to this project already, uh, and we haven't started fundraising for it. Um, and so it's been really sort of encouraging the way the Lord has just been putting it on people's hearts uh, to be able to give to this. And, uh, and we are still very much uh, wanting to discern. When you're doing a project of this magnitude, you don't want to just uh, sort of make some quick decisions and go, oh yeah, that'll be the right thing. Um, so what, why I share this is to, to ask you to continue to pray for us, pray for our building committee, pray for our board uh, as we make decisions and as we take steps uh, towards this project. Uh, the last uh, new update that we want to give is uh, this coming summer, if you've noticed our dates, our dates are no longer run back to back at camp, and that is because this year we've made a big switch. We are no longer running Sunday, Sunday afternoon until Saturday afternoon. Uh, we are now running uh, starting Sunday at 5 o'clock and ending on Fridays at 3 o'clock. And the big reason, there's a few, a few re smaller reasons, but the big reason was uh, for making this switch was because we've noticed in the last few years, since we've added an additional week of camp, our staff health and our staff energy by the time we hit August has really started to diminish. And, uh, and we want to be able to care well for our staff and, and help our staff make it through uh, the full year, and so that was the big switch. Uh, that'll allow them, instead of having just 20 hours off, basically ending Saturday afternoon and being ready to go again 20 hours later, uh, we'll, be we'll be allowing them to have Friday evening, sat all day Saturday, and then back to camp again on the Sunday. And, uh, and if they'd like to get home and to introduce themselves to their parents again, uh, or to at least show their parents that they're still alive. Uh, we, have, we have a lot more updates and a lot more information that I'd love to give, uh, but I will just, uh, I'll use that as an invitation. On April 13th, we're having our, our uh, spring fundraiser banquet at Silver Heights Bible Church in Weyburn. Uh, we'd love for you to come out and join us. Uh, for that, we'll have a lot more information uh, and a lot more updates as to what we've been doing and some more stories about what the Lord's been doing uh, through this ministry as well. If you're interested in coming, we just ask that you let us know by April the 3rd. Uh, to do that, and you can just contact the, myself or the camp, uh, who is also myself, um, uh, if you're interested in that. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke 15, is where we're going to be spending the majority of our time uh, this morning. And, uh, and I want to give you a disclaimer. Uh, this morning we're going to do something a little bit different. And, uh, and uh, because at camp we like to try new things and mix things up at times. So there's going to be a couple points where I am going to stop talking and I'm going to allow you to talk to the person that's next to you. Uh, so why I give you that f uh, a fair disclaimer, because if you don't like the person that you're sitting beside, uh, just pretend that you have to go to the bathroom, get up nicely, and then sit down beside someone you like. Uh, or sit down beside, no, uh, don't sit beside anyone, uh, I guess if that, really, if that thought really scares you. Uh, but I'll give you a bit more information when we get to that point. Uh, our theme for this summer is lost and found. A few years ago, Allison and I, when we just had two kids, uh, were on our way back to, to southern Ontario and we were traveling through the States and we had stopped at a Target to buy some things and we were looking at, I forget what we were looking at, and uh, Ethan was about three years old, somewhere in that, uh, and uh, we were standing there and all of a sudden we realized we only have one kid. 
uh, our three-year-old has disappeared. And so we weren't overly concerned, but we were thinking, okay, we need to find him. He's probably just around one of the corners. Uh, one of the store people came walking up the aisle and I was like, ah, excuse me, have you seen a three-year-old? And she's like, uh, what is he wearing? Um, gave a brief description. She pulls out a radio. She's like, uh, attention all staff members. We have a code, I think it was red or whatever they called it. Uh, three-year-old boy dressed in da-da-da-da. And she gets off the radio. She goes, I want to assure you, sir, we've locked down the entire store. Wow, okay. And in my head, I'm like, that's great. I'm sorry to the people who are stuck on either side of the uh, doors. And within, you know, a minute, they had located him. He had wandered all the way over into the grocery section. Uh, and when he came back, he goes to me, he's like, Daddy, I hide in. I hide in. That's great. We had just learned hide and seek, and he was loving that game. Uh, and so we had to explain to him where we can play hide and seek, where we can't. But in that moment where, uh, while we were, uh, we don't stress easily, uh, while we weren't like stressed to the max by any means, nothing else mattered. We don't remember what we were looking at. Uh, nothing else mattered. What mattered was we needed to find our son. Our son had gone missing. We needed to find him. In, uh, in Luke uh, 15, uh, Jesus tells this, this in, uh, three incredible stories. But, uh, but Luke prefaces the story, begins the story off by saying this, uh, verses one and two. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him, Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. The unrighteous are drawing near while the righteous are standing back in judgment. Luke wants us to understand that, that before Jesus goes into these three parables, Luke wants us to understand that the righteous are standing back in judgment over the fact that Jesus is allowing these sinners and tax collectors to draw near. And from this point, Jesus goes into his first story of, of telling how there was a shepherd who lost a sheep. And in that moment of realizing that he had lost his sheep, set out to go find that sheep, to bring it back. And when he finds it, he brings it back and he calls his neighbors and his friends and he celebrates with them. And he says, come and rejoice with me for what was lost has now been found. And then Jesus goes on to say, heaven is just like that. That when the lost are brought home, all of heaven begins to rejoice. Jesus immediately goes into a second parable where he tells of this, this widow who had 10 coins. And upon realizing the fact that she now only had nine coins, stops what she's doing, sweeps her, lights a lamp, sweeps her entire house, and searches until she finds that missing coin. And upon finding that coin, calls her neighbors and her friends and says to them, come and rejoice with me, for that which was lost has now been found. And Jesus again says, heaven is just like that, that when the lost are found, when a sinner who does not know the Lord comes back to uh, and gives their life to God, confesses, all of heaven rejoices. Isn't that incredible? That when we think of the, the magnitude of heaven and the greatness of heaven, that when one lost sinner comes home, heaven pauses and goes, we gotta throw a party. We have to celebrate this. We have another one home. So this is the first point that I want to pause and I want to give you a chance to, to share with each other your moment. Now, I don't want you to go in and you don't have 15 minutes here. You've got a minute. Uh, share with the person next to you of what was, the, what was the, the, the moment surrounding when you came to know the Lord. 
Uh, was it a quiet moment beside your bedside? Was it a Sunday school teaching, teacher sharing? Was a neighbor stopping by? What was that moment that, that caused you to, to give your life to Christ? So I'm going to stop talking, and I'm, when I start talking, you can finish up. But, uh, but share that moment with, with your neighbor. Now, have you ever thought of the fact that in that moment that heaven paused and heaven celebrated? So your parents and those that were, were likely praying for you and wanting, or the person that led you was probably there to celebrate with you. But have you ever, have you ever stopped and thought? That, that idea kind of like, is like, whoa, that, I don't think I'm much to celebrate over. Uh, but it's pretty incredible that Jesus in these first two parables wants us to understand that. That when the lost comes, heaven stops to celebrate. Why? Because the lost matter. Because that's what matters to heaven. Jesus tells us that heaven cared so much for us that when we came home, the angels rejoiced. That God cares so deeply for you that when you prayed to welcome him into your life, heaven erupted in celebration. And so then after telling these two stories of, of uh, the lost sheep and the lost coin, Jesus moves into a third parable. <clears throat> and this one's a little bit more scandalous because here we hear of a, a young man who goes to his father and asks his father for his inheritance, and, uh, and which would have been a huge sort of insult to his father, and we won't get into that. But, uh, but he goes to his father and he says, I want my inheritance because I want to leave. And so the father decides, okay, I love my son, I'm gonna give him his inheritance. And, and not just, this is a, a wealthy landowner who has, has slaves and, uh, and workers all across, so this is a, a big operation. And so things need to be liquefied in order for, to give the son his due part. Either that or the nest egg that the family had set aside is, is being diminished because this son is getting his portion. And so the son takes that and, and, and wanders off with it. And, and takes it into a foreign land. And, uh, and there, verse 13, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant land, and squandered his wealth in wild living. This wealth that has been described is likely something that meant the generations had spent building it. And in a short time, Jesus is saying, in a short time, this Foolish, ungrateful, worthless son squandered it. And the temptation to the Pharisees who are hearing this are likely going, he deserved it. He didn't deserve that wealth if that's how he's gonna treat it. He deserved to be hitting rock bottom. It's in that moment that the son remembers his father's house. Verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out, go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. 
Make me like one of your hired men. Verse 20, but while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. While the son is going through his, his, his messages of repentance and, going and begging for just a job, the father is busy giving celebration instructions to the workers. The father was so overjoyed that his son had returned. What was lost didn't matter. That wealth that had been squandered didn't matter. His lost son was home. The shame that this son had caused the family, the wounds that he had created when he left no longer mattered. His son was home. Nothing else mattered. This father was going to celebrate. In the book of Hosea, Hosea is told by God to go and marry an adulterous woman. God says his people have treated him like that, and so uh, they took his blessing, God's blessing, and, and went, and while giving thanks to God, were also giving thanks to the other gods for what they had received. And God is saying, I gave them everything. I gave them all of this, and they are taking my blessing and giving thanks to, uh, to others. Hosea chapter 11 is this incredible love story that is told of, of you see God's sort of holding two things in a balance here. Uh, when, verse one, when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning, bur- and burning offerings to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim, just another name for Israel, uh, to walk. I took them up in their arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with the cords of kindness, with the bands of love, and I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws. I bent down to them and I fed them. It's this, in, this beautiful image that, that if you remember back, if, you, if, you know, if your kids are all old and growing up, uh, this still sort of hits home to me because it's just in the last year and a bit that Warren learned to walk. But, but as a father walking behind his son that's learning to walk, as you know, they, they stumble and fall and the, the father is there or the parent is there to pick them back up again in love and going, okay, let's try it again, right? It's, you wandered off, let's, let's try it again. And this is idea of God walking with Israel and caring for them. I fed, the, I fed you, I walked with you. It's this beautiful image of God's love for Israel saying, I brought you out of Egypt and I nurtured you and I blessed you. Verse six. The sword shall rage rage against their cities and consume their bars and their gates and devour them because of their own counsels. My people are bent on turning away from me. And though they call out to the Most High, he shall not raise them up at all. We see this other image now going on and God is, God's frustration because while he has just declared how he brought Israel out of Egypt and, and cared for them and put them and made them the nation, into this great nation, Israel is bent on, on wandering off and on, on forgetting what God has done and, and giving thanks to, to their idols instead. And God is going, fine. Then when you call out, I won't answer. I'm done with you. I'm just going to let the nations around you swallow you up and forget about you. And it's this frustration, this pain of, of God giving out so much love and none of that coming back. So much pain that's been felt of God going, 
I created you and yet you, you don't love me back. And God says, fine, forget about you. Until verse eight. How can I give up on you, O Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not a man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. It's this beautiful picture of God going, I created you, I made you, and you turned against me, and you forgot me, and you wandered off. You deserve destruction, and yet my heart is filled with compassion for you. This is, this is God's wrestling match with the lost of just going, fine, you chose your own path. You knew the truth and you walked away from it. Like that son who had it all in his father's house said, I want my inheritance, I'm going. And so he leaves. And then has the audacity to return back to this father's house, the same father who had spent, that built everything that that son had and walks back up and the father says, welcome home. And that is the image that Jesus wants us to understand in Luke's gospel. That while the, the, the righteous, while the Pharisees are drawing back going, these people don't deserve you. Jesus is saying, yes, they do. The lost matter. Later on in Luke's gospel, uh, in chapter 19, we hear of another story of Zacchaeus. Another man who did not deserve Jesus' company. And yet Jesus calls him out and says, I'm going to your house. And at the end of that, uh, Luke uh, 19.10, uh, Jesus says this. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus Christ, his whole mission when he left heaven was to come and to seek out the lost, to bring the lost home. And so if that's what matters to God, what should, what should matter to us? Uh, what should be our focus? I, we, we, we took time this morning to remember that moment when we came uh, and gave our lives to Christ. And, and the people that may have been surrounding that moment, the things, the situations that were surrounding that moment, and heaven's rejoicing over the fact that, that you came home. And, and Jesus is saying, that's why I left heaven, was so that the lost, to bring the lost home. So we're gonna pause again this morning, and, and I, I'd like you to, uh, because my, my challenge for you uh, is, is just that, to live a life that is, is meant, that is out seeking the lost. And, and I believe that that starts with prayer. Uh, before you should open your mouth in any conversation with anyone, uh, you need to, to be surrounding that person in prayer. Uh, so we're gonna do that. Rather than just giving you that challenge and saying, go off, go do that, um, we're gonna do it because I think that's what we should do in church too. Uh, so now I want you to pause and with the person next to you or the two people next to you or however you wanna do it, uh, I want you just to, to give a name. Uh, you don't need to give anything more than just the first name of, of someone uh, who's been on your heart, someone who doesn't know the Lord, uh, that is lost and, and needs the Lord. And I want you just to take a minute to pray for them. And if you're sitting here going, oh no, I'm in a panic, I didn't have time to think of, think of someone, that's fine. Uh, just ask that, that in the coming week that, that the Lord would put someone on your heart. 
uh, and, and, uh, and then we're gonna follow up with a few concluding thoughts. But for now, uh, just take, take a minute. Each of you just share your name and then pray for those people. So there's gonna be commotion again, and go ahead. If you're still praying, that's fine. Keep, keep going. Um, this past winter, uh, we had a woman from our church who, uh, after her husband's passing, got up to share uh, some of her husband's testimony with our, with our church. Her husband had lived a really hard life, a really hard life. And uh, as she was getting up and sharing his testimony, because in sort of his final years, he came to know the Lord and gave his heart to the Lord, which was just incredible. Um, and, uh, and as she was sharing of his testimony, um, she gave credit to our congregation for the years and years and years. Uh, it was about a decade that our church had been praying for her husband. Uh, no one from our congregation, no one from our church had the opportunity to actually lead him to the Lord. Uh, but as she stood there at the front of our church, she paused and she, and she looked out over the congregation and she said, Thank you for leading my husband to the Lord. And I went, wow, that's, that's power. Uh, because so often we get so caught up in the fact that it's like, oh, how do I share the gospel? I don't, like, I'm not bold enough to do this. How do I do this? And, and what I found in my own life, because I've, I've got people that are, there's guys that I golf with, play hockey with, that I'm like, man, you need Jesus. Um, but, but what I've, as I've found in my own life that I, I continue to commit those guys to prayer, whenever the Lord brings them to mind, uh, is, is to, to again offer them up because there's such walls between uh, a person's life and, and God, especially someone who doesn't know the Lord. And, and you and I can't break those walls down. Uh, we, can't, we can't knock them in. We can't walk into someone's life with a sledgehammer and, and knock them down. Uh, that's God's job. Uh, the way we can, we can knock them down, I guess we can knock them down, the way we can knock them down is through prayer and, and asking that the Lord would break through, find a way to break through into their life. Uh, and in those guys that I've, I've had, uh, in sort of the eight years that I've known them, uh, I've only had a, a handful of opportunities to have conversations about faith with them. And it was never sort of me bringing it up, it was just kind of them all of a sudden asking a question out of the middle of nowhere, and I'm going, 
Huh. Uh, but what I've found is that the more times and the longer that I stay committed to praying for them, uh, the more ready I am, and it doesn't feel like I need this great boldness or this, uh, this incredible wisdom when I'm talking with them because as I continue to commit them to prayer and all of a sudden they're going, hey, you go to church on Sundays, what's that about? Oh, I was gonna take a shot with my nine iron, but that was gonna go into the trees anyway. Okay, let me tell you about that. Um, there's, just, there's, there's a relaxation that takes place. Uh, so my challenge to you in this next week, in this next month, is that, uh, that if you have that person, find a ways to, to help you remind, like, remember them uh, in prayer as you're driving to work or as you're driving to the grocery store or whatever, whatever you need to put in your life to set that reminder uh, to be able to have that. And, and then to just sit there and go, Lord, whenever a conversation comes up, help me to be ready. Um, because the lost matter. Uh, that's why ministries like Kenosi Lake Bible Camp exists. We have an incredible opportunity every summer uh, that we welcome about 700 kids into our grounds and we get to share the gospel with them. Uh, and it's, we don't take that lightly. Uh, it is an incredible opportunity. Uh, but then those kids come back to your com communities like this. And so we wanna say thank you uh, to your church, to you as a congregation for the ways in which you partner with us. Uh, this is what helps make a ministry like ours so effective when we have churches that are here that want to be a, a part of these kids' lives and are saying, yes, we want you to try to help get the kids that are in camp plugged back into a church like this. Uh, so thank you. We would love for you to come and to join us this summer uh, as a volunteer or as a staff member or whatever, whatever that may look like. Uh, there's information at the back about that. Uh, we'd love for you to consider that. Um, but, uh, but if you do nothing else, uh, please remember us in prayer, uh, especially from now until fall. So thank you.